Hi guys, welcome. We're taking over for a canceled session, and um, but we've uh, we've got a really good um, information-packed, good takeaway session for you. So I am Jill Quito. I uh, lead the marketing team at Easy Metrics. We are a SaaS uh, cloud-based software company, and um, but we are rooted in um, distribution operations, and that's where we we came from. And joining me today, we have our CEO Dean Dorcas and Jessica Tarones from Sales. And um, Dean, I was wondering if you could give a little background on. We're going to be talking about cost to serve and labor productivity today. How do we know about cost to serve and labor productivity? Sure. Well, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. A um, little background on where Easy Metrics came from. We actually used to run a, an outsourcing business where we were, we'd go into fixed cost uh, bid situations with customers. Then we'd send in a management crew and run those. And eventually we started running distribution centers for Walmart, Target, and Home Depot and we'd have to reduce their labor costs by 15 to 20% to make that, those operations profitable. So what we realized is we started running those larger operations. We just didn't have the systems we needed to have control of, the, of our teams. So we ended up developing software to really focus on a couple of key things that Jill will talk about today. First one, obviously, was understanding our cost to serve. We're across our network, every single penny is being spent, what our cost is to do all the different types of jobs that we were bidding on, so getting visibility into that. Second, obviously, employee productivity, who's performing well, not performing well. You know, we'd hear stories about guys going to sleep at the back of a trailer at 2 in the morning behind a bunch of boxes, but we wouldn't know who. We just knew graveyard shift didn't hit their, their numbers for the night, so we had to get that in place. And then finally, once we knew our cost inside and out, we knew who was performing well, who wasn't performing well, then we wanted to tie our crews in on a pay-for-performance program. If they hit certain stretch goals, they were saving us money, and we could share those savings with them. So we ended up designing that software. Rolled it out, and we took Walmart from 73 cases an hour to 157 cases an hour, doubled productivity. It was very successful. They went number one on the Walmart network for several years in a row. Um, fast forward, about 2013, uh, we ended up spinning off the software as a, its own company, sold off the outsourcing business, and really focused on bringing these tools to other companies, give them the control of their operations and across their network. So that's, that's where our background came from. That's where we're very passionate about what we do, about getting control of your operations. And hopefully, Jill will be able to, to give you some good insight on to how to try to do that. Thanks very much, Dean. So, um, you know, after building our own tool, basically all of our customers started asking for it. So we now do um, software full time. That is, that's all we do. We don't manage those large, complex uh, labor operations anymore. But we focus um, purely on the software side. So these are the things that. Um, that we have uh, the methodologies that got us to where we are now is what I'm going to cover off in this presentation. So essentially, um, running distribution operations is, is dramatically different from the way that it used to be. It's much more complex. People that had the exact same job 10 years ago are finding themselves in, in a um, situation where you know, it's a, it's a tight labor market. The customers are very, um, they're, their orders are a lot more complex, so picking and fulfillment is more complex. Their costs are go, go up because of that. But you know, as much awesome automation that you see out here on the floor, we still, all of us still run people businesses because our people really enable us to, to fill our customer demands at the end of the day. And it's going to be like that for years to come. It'll be people and robots working side by side, but people will still be be the core of every uh, distribution operation. 
So when you think about, well, how do you really succeed in, in this new world, in the digital age, and, and run a profitable distribution center or network of distribution centers? It really comes down to um, how, how you're managing those people, how you're utilizing them, and then how you can um, compensate them. And, um, you know, the bottom line is that you will be able to get better talent and retain better people if you have a more um, competitive compensation structure. So if, if you're aware of that and you work backwards from your costs and try to set up a work culture to support that, your business will be better for it and your delivery to your customer will be better. But th those things rely on really good cost analytics, great management, empowering managers with the data that they need to run their operations day to day, and um, measuring that productivity and utilization of your people. And it really starts with um, visibility into your cost through cost to serve. Cost to serve, if you look at it on a tactical level, is this. In a, in a DC, cost to serve really, you know, you've got 80 or 70 to 80% of your costs are tied up in labor. So a big piece of your cost to serve your customer is labor. And it's also the most, the trickiest thing to measure. And we're going to talk about that and how to do that shortly. But in the end, you're empowering yourself as, as an operations leader and your management team and your shift supervisors and your people if you have great cost to serve analytics. Some examples of how this would look in your operation would be measuring your cost by activity. So depending on if it's a direct process or in this case, indirect hours. So you can take a facility and know how many indirect hours did I have this day or this week? And what can we do about that to drive that down or change that? Likewise, your, your cost is served by facility. You might have eight or 10 facilities across your network and they could all be performing at different levels. It's, it's great to know which facilities are hitting their productivity goals, which ones have, are, have some struggles. Maybe there's lots of missing time or indirect time. Um, and what that actually is costing your business. Because as soon as you put that dollar amount on there, you know you have a quantifiable metric that you can actually do something about. Cost by process. Like, let's say you want to look at, you know, at, at your, um, your picking. What is it costing to do that? You can drill with cost to serve all the way down into the employee level to see, okay, what is our cost per unit for picking for this particular process? or by this particular employee, what's our cost per unit? If we have someone that is productive, what does that look like? Likewise, by customer, 3PLs in particular, it, it's really important to know how much it's costing to serve each of your customers because they all have different requirements. And it could, you might have one customer that is, has really, really complex order fulfillment and others that are easier that cost a lot less. So being able to accurately price that so that you can have that conversation with your finance team, with your sales team, so you know what you're charging your customers so that you're not bleeding money every single day on labor to serve those customers. Likewise, um, equipment. You can take cost to serve all the way down to the equipment level within your facility to see maybe 
there are certain equipment types that are, uh, that are driving your, your costs up or down per unit. So there's opportunities there. And employee productivity, it really uh, stems from knowing your cost to serve and, your, your, and understanding your cost across all those, uh, all those verticals that I just mentioned. Um, and at the end of the day, it really comes down to how you're utilizing your employees and how their performance scores are um, against the standards that you have set for them or that your, your tool has set for them or your engineers have set for them. The, and then the utilization um, in their day of how much time they're spending on direct processes versus indirect and missing time. If you guys had to take a guess, on average, what percent of a person's time, an operator's time, is spent on non-productive work? So meetings, um, but just stuff, yeah. 60%, what, do, you, do you have a guess? 30%, do you have a guess? 20, do you want to guess? No? It's actually on average 40%. That's really, you guys are close. I mean, it's a lot. It is just, it is, it is, it's a huge cost to the business and there are ways to drive that out, by the way. So we're gonna get to that also. Um, also, cost to serve, you can, you can measure things like the qualitative performance as well, like safety and teamwork and attitude, forecast your labor, and then if you really want to get into it, uh, pay for performance, which would be bonusing great people for the work that they're doing. So labor management, basically, in a nutshell, for um, an operations manager leadership team, it really helps you do three things ultimately. It's driving impact on the bottom line of your business for one thing, because it's such a huge cost center. Two, it can put you at a competitive advantage because you know, your, if you know your cost to serve and you're able to drive productivity in your operations, your competitor might not be able to match that. So that business is gonna be coming to you. Likewise with talent, you will be able to attract and retain better talent. So, but then thirdly, just being able to be more effective as a manager and a leader and understanding and having that visibility into your cost and performance on every single thing that you're doing in that facility is critical. Because otherwise you're just going through and, and trying the best to manage your, your operation but it's, all, it's, it's like being, you know, having a blindfold on. You can't really see what's happening to do your job in the, in the digital era. So the things that you can do if, you're, if you decide to go down the labor management route is to, um, you know, is, is the, the end result could be improving your employee engagement, knowing your costs back and forth by process, employee, facility, customer, product type even. Um, you'll be able to more accurately forecast your labor needs because most of us have seasonal variability and certain times when you need more, you'll be able to pinpoint exactly uh, how much you need and when and on what shifts even. And then ultimately, and everybody's concerned with this, is lowering their labor costs, driving out the waste. Lower, and, and, you know, a good um, goal for that would be 
10%, that's pretty conservative from what we've seen. So um, essentially there's, you have lots of, lots of different types of data sources that today can finally be merged together and unified in one place so that you can have that visibility. The key ones are data sources are time clocks and WMS. If you just start with time clock and WMS, you're going to have a dramatically more visibility into the operational health and your costs through the um, through cost of serve analytics across the entire network, multi-site. You'll know your metrics, your your KPIs um, th by merging that data together. So we're not allowed to talk about our our products. So I'm going to skip through this one, <laughs> but essentially. Here's what happens to your data, okay? So every human action creates data. Anytime that, um, you know, that scan is created, something is happening and it creates a data point in time. That data is captured and then you can add in additional tracking, such as indirect value-added services, tracking all that too, that 40% that we talked about that, that currently a lot of uh, most folks really have no visibility into is critical. And once that, that data is um, up in the cloud, for example, we transform all that and into and unify it. And at the end, you get visualized reports and metrics so that you can run your business more efficiently. So that's, that's in it in a nutshell of how, how you should be thinking about collecting your labor data and using it for something that's going to positively affect your business and allow you to really um, grow and transform and get more um, operationally efficient. So um, really, the, in terms of what you can do with that data, you can... Um, there's a lot that you can do with it. But basically, from if you looked at it from an employee level to their manager all the way up to the management of the company, from the top line, it's really about visibility into where is my money going? How much does it cost me to do everything? Because then you, you're having a strategic conversation that is about finance. The next tier down would be equipping your supervisors to have better conversations. Conversations that actually have some credibility because there's numbers attached to it because it's not somebody's subjective opinion or a gut instinct. It's actually data that happened. So those supervisors now have that and they're not seen as having favoritism or bias. And as far as employee alignment goes, you know, there, the having, a, having a scoreboard where employees are on the team with their supervisors, with the company, and everybody knowing what the goals are is very, very powerful. And it's aligning from a team perspective. If you, because what happens when you have that kind of visibility and that, that scoreboard type of mentality is that everybody is in it together. And my goals as an operator now match, hello, match my company's goals. And, and this is where you can really um, 
if you want to go down the route with, with bonuses or pay for performance, you can do that. Or other, some, um, some kind of um, just recognition for people. And on the opposite side of that also, identifying um, sometimes where it's not a good match and you might need um, you know, to, to, do, to coach that employee or maybe it's, it's you know, not gonna work out. So, one company that does cost to serve on steroids is Amazon. Amazon has about, oh, 160 or 170 job openings right now in operations finance. You're like, well, what's operations finance? What's that? It's a thing. Um, and operations finance is basically cost to serve, but in, and it's, it's not like traditional accounting where you have you know, your, your balance sheet and your income statement, it's a whole separate set of metrics, financial metrics, that really helps operations leaders run their businesses well and smart with all the money assigned to every single thing that they're doing and that their employees are doing. So this time last year, Amazon kind of shocked everyone by, by saying, we're no longer going to fill, we have all this huge list of vendors and we're no longer going to fulfill these, do these orders. Hey guys, it's on you. You can put your stuff in the Amazon marketplace and fulfill your own products. You can imagine, I mean, it was, it's, this, it's sent shockwaves. But what they were saying really is, hey, we know our cost to serve and we're, make, we're losing money fulfilling your orders. So we're not going to do that anymore because why would we? They, because for every, every unit that you're shipping that you're losing money on, you're not going to make it up on volume. It's just going to keep getting worse and the hole is going to be getting deeper and deeper. And this same thing is happening in pockets, potentially in your businesses. And here's what I hope that you take away from this talk today is, hey, maybe we can do something about identifying those, those pockets of opportunities where we might be losing. And cost to serve you know, ask yourself, which, com which customers do I have that are worth jumping through hoops for? Because there's probably a bunch that, of customers that you have that you are doing extremely well on, and then some that are just draining your profits. Cost of serve will tell you which, which customers you have that are profitable or unprofitable. And then just knowing, like, where are my labor dollars being spent? I mean, it's, it's amazing how, how it gets added up, but where is it actually going? How much, how much time is it 40%? I'm missing, missing time and in indirect. What can we do about that? And where? Okay. Which, you know, is continuous improvement even working for us? And which, which initiatives are working for us? Because cost to serve tells that story in numbers. The proof is in the pudding. Okay. And... You know, what are our unit costs by all these categories, our processes, our product types, right? Employee or category. This is a great way to think about your cost to serve with a customer. But you could really apply this to anything in your business. So here we have 20 customers in blue, these, these blue bars. And, you know, the first 13 are profitable. You're making money off of them. But then numbers 15 through 20, you're losing money. 
So overall, your profitability dips down from about 180 to 120, right? So it's those last unprofitable uh, customers that are actually dragging down your overall profits. What happens if you just reduce that workload by 30%? Look, your profitability goes up to 180,000 instead of 120,000 just by reducing the workload, just by saying no. So this is a, an example and a metaphor that can apply to a lot of areas in your, in your, by doing less, you're actually making more. So here's an example of what a, you know, one, one way that you could look at your costs in a, in a cost to serve type of scenario. We talk about operations finance. So you can actually break it down by department. And in a facility, you can look at across facilities, but in this particular case, we're looking at one facility over about a week. And we can see for every single department what it's costing, your burdened labor cost to do all of these processes, okay, in, in these departments. You can look at it by you can look at the same thing by customer. You can do the same thing by equipment type. So you get the kind of the, this is an example. So it used to be, and you know, certainly when we first started and we were working, as Dean was saying, in those large um, operations and, and running those big DCs for Walmart and Home Depot, et cetera, that you could, with a stopwatch, just create labor standards, right? Industrial engineers do it all the time, and they have for years. You could sit and watch a process with a stopwatch and see how, what does pro productivity look like? Now, because of the um, order and picking vari variability is off the charts, it's kind of impossible to use that method anymore because the standards change so quickly and they become obsolete. And that's very, very expensive when you're talking about engineering hours. The silver lining, though, is that machine learning can do this now in about five minutes. So your, your um, productivity scores can be recalibrated recal at any time, depending on um, do, you know, if, if your process changed, your equipment type changes, or maybe you reorganize things in your facility. Um, but, but, you know, spreadsheets can't do it. It really has to be done by a software tool. So, and here's an example of why you can't just look at a single unit cost metric, a single, one single metric. You need multiple metrics, right? So in this example, you've got Jenny and Nick, and Jenny's moving 30 units per hour, and Nick is moving 10. And it might look like, oh, well, Jenny's far more productive than, than, than Nick. But in actuality, maybe she's got all the easy picks and he's got all the hard picks. And, and actually, he's crushing it. So what are you going to say to, you're not going to penalize him or say, hey, why aren't you more productive today? Or even as a, a facility manager, well, why aren't you guys doing as well as this other facility? Well, we have harder harder situation, a harder customer requirement. Cost to serve will expose all that for you and show that in the numbers. So we talked a little bit about, about the workflow, 
But if you, if you can visualize um, an operator's workday and kind of figure out, okay, here, here are all the, the touch points in a person's day and how you can really weave that together and with data um, across missing time, direct, everything, just so you know where your costs are. So here's the other like, critical thing is that I want you to think about and take away. When people talk about labor productivity, it doesn't guarantee cost savings because of that 40% that we talked about. Because let's say that you have 1,000 labor hours in your facility for a given time, but 600 of that was on scam processes and the other 400 was on mi missing and indirect. And let's say you worked really, really, really hard and you have productivity scores and your people are just crushing it and you get 20% better on your productivity and now you've just, now you're only 500 hours on direct process. Woo woo, that's great. But why are my costs the same? Because all of those extra hours are seeping into, it's like a sieve. They just seep right into missing an indirect. So you can get in front of that and anticipate that by knowing your numbers, your cost to serve, and measuring it every day and having the reporting, the visibility. So if you had a facility with 100 employees, um, let's say, you know, what could you do? What are like the, the top three this, you know, metrics that you could be focusing on to improve things? So as we talked about, it's really the missing time, indirect, and productivity scores, right? All of that ties into cost to serve. But if you were to reclaim 15 minutes per day of missing time, okay, just right there, you're going to save $143,000. If you just started tracking that and did nothing after this presentation but just started looking at that, you're saving $143,000. Next, indirect. If you start tracking indirect, you could start reallocating that indirect time into other activities, saving you another $138,000, okay? Increasing productivity and having the, the um, team visibility and accountability and alignment and all that stuff, scoreboards, productivity improvements, right? For a total annual savings for 100 employee um, facility. This is just one facility of about 500 grand. So think about those numbers and think about what that could mean for you in your operation. Um, and those are the three big things, is that productivity, missing time, and direct. Thank you so much for your time today. Dean and Jessica are here for Q&A. Um, appreciate you showing up, and please reach out, contact us. Um, we'd love to hear from you. If anyone has questions, we're are there any questions? Yeah? No? No questions? Well, come on up and chat with us. If, uh, if we're here, we're right, our booth is right over here across the, the hall. And we would love to chat with you more if you'd like to hear, um, if you'd like more in insights maybe about your own unique operations. So, yeah. Thanks very much, everybody.